back to the Australian style Simpsons music. It is just my favorite one to do Simpsons time over, I guess. It's Simpsons time, everybody. And uh, last time I was here, two weeks ago, I talked a little bit about Barthood, the recent episode parodying the movie Boyhood Um, and what I neglected to mention was that along with its other um, sort of alternate reality-ness in the Simpsons uh, rubric it deviates from um, what has become the kind of received life path of Lisa uh, that she has a relationship with Milhouse and then marries him. Because in the last scene, uh, when Bart and Lisa are adults, she is seen uh, dating a guy who she brings by uh, Bart's like bicycle or motorcycle shop detailing place that is a successful business that he likes. Um, And the boyfriend is Nelson, which is kind of great. Because um, Lisa was always sweet on Nelson from like a long time ago. And it seems that um, what really happens, I mean, of course, this is all up to debate because we're still in the present and Lisa's still eight, really. Uh, but I think what most people who watch the show believe is that in the future, Lisa will marry Milhouse, settle for him, um, even though Nelson is the one that she truly likes. So it was kind of good in the episode Barthood to see what could have been, you know, not just uh, with Bart being a happy, well-adjusted adult, but with Lisa ditto you know anyway uh, I'm going to now do Simpsons time proper about the great episode Lisa's date with density which started the entire ball rolling uh, of her romantic future both with Nelson and with Milhouse up to this point we have had the flash forward non-canon events episode Lisa's wedding Uh, but this has nothing to do with that and um, subsequent episodes have really picked up on the sort of mini love triangle that happens between those three Uh, and it seems to be kind of the strongest thing the the, uh, relationship with the most legs Lisa liking Nelson 
even though she's frustrated with him. But in the end, settling for Milhouse. <laughs> and that is the thing that makes her truly a Simpson, right? Because she cannot succeed in love. I think it's interesting that the storyline, uh, the other romance storyline with Lisa about her with Ralph was completely discarded. And I think that that is smart because Ralph soon after that devolved into a character that should not be anything but a stupid acquaintance of Lisa's. And, uh, yeah, but I really, I want to devote a lot of time to this really cool episode. I think it, uh, marks a sort of turning point in The Simpsons towards uh, more realistic stories. It's a good um, crossroads of uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein are running the show. And they, uh, of course, are, I don't know, to my mind, just so funny. Like, they are such funny showrunners, and they're really good at doing zany episodes as well as human episodes. And they're especially good at uh, stories about kids. Theirs was the whole reverse vampires idea, if I remember correctly, just to name just one. Um, and the writer, Mike Scully, who is very good at writing kids also, but um, I find a really good writer of just family stories in general, not just the kids, but relationships, you know, romantic and otherwise between the adults and between the adults and the kids and, uh, and all that. And he became the showrunner uh, very soon after this. So there you go. Lisa gets her first real crush, like on a real person that's not uh, in a magazine. I guess, you know, she did have a crush on Langdon Alger before that, but we never saw him. Um, and it's, it's this boy who is very bad for her and who she will never be able to change, but who does have a, a sweetness about him that she discovers and sort of brings to light. And this episode also did a lot to develop the character of Nelson as somebody who uh, really is quite smart and street smart in his own way. It has a lot of redeeming qualities, even though his... Uh, rough-hewn, self-taught nature can sometimes be off-putting to many. The entire crush starts uh, when it's discovered that Nelson has lifted the H off of Superintendent Chalmers's Honda. Um, you know, thus rendering it indistinguishable from other cars <laughs> and no longer a point of pride for Superintendent Chalmers. Um, and when he's punished, he has to do janitorial work with Willie and Lisa notices uh, 
the tomfoolery that Nelson is engaging in when he's trying to groundskeep. She's in music class and she notices that out the window and that is when the crush begins. You can just see it happening. Uh, <laughs> there is a very good, um, not star turn, but like a pretty good cameo by Mr. Largo when she uh, is exposed as liking Nelson because Mr. Largo is leading the class and he's allowed to yell at them and try to bring order back to the class and say nobody likes Millhouse after that whole exchange of all the kids saying who likes whom. And so, you know, a little bit of awkwardness ensues. I think it's pretty interesting that uh, in this episode that's very much about kids, Bart is hardly in it at all. Um, the whole stuff that's going on between Lisa and Nelson and also between her and Milhouse is just sort of not observed very closely by him. And he is relegated to sort of a supporting role, which I find pretty interesting. Actually, um, although I must quote Homer in saying, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand, you know, I mean, Bart does take Lisa by the arm when Nelson is discovered to be in their house and say, listen, I'll probably never say this again, but you can do better. But then that's all we hear from Bart on the subject. But yeah, she confides in Millhouse, you know, totally friend zoning him, if I may use that politically incorrect term. Um, and, uh, you know, say, like, confessing her crush. And uh, of course, Millhouse is crestfallen, and it's, it's pretty sad. Um, but of course, you know, since Milhouse likes her and he's a nice milk toast guy, he passes the note to Nelson in class that's from Lisa. And it is a very, very good cut from that. Uh, <laughs> Milhouse waggling his eyebrows at Nelson to the ambulance coming and Milhouse. <laughs> being wheeled out on a stretcher. Of course, that is very appropriate. And it uh, just really establishes a pattern in Milhouse's whole life. So then, you know, in the crowd that's gathered around the ambulance, Lisa is free to confess her crush in person and invite Nelson over for like a date he goes to her house and it's awkward. She does the thing trying to put Snowball 2 in the baby carriage, which I think is hilarious because my friends and I used to do that to our cats as well. Uh, and, and then, of course, comes the extremely revelatory and extremely funny and extremely well-written sequence in Nelson's own house where he's a latchkey kid by himself. Um, 
he sings that joy to the world the teacher's dead thing with the amazing poses and the the uh chuck berry hop while he's playing the guitar like all these great poses happen in just a few seconds of him playing the guitar which is great um there is the nuke the whales poster and all those different little details in his bedroom that we have not been privy to before and everything about his house is depressing just everything about it when he lifts the welcome mat to get his key and it's all covered in cockroaches and then they go inside the house it just it starts off that way and then it goes downhill um but then lisa has a great heart to heart with marge where she really shows her true marge colors revealing everything about her relationship with homer saying that women are quitters who say you can't change a man etc and so lisa wants to do right by her mom and by herself and transform nelson into a good guy uh and I really like the outfit that she puts him in with that, you know, sort of uh, diagonal plaid sweater <laughs> and his hair combed and everything. He doesn't look half bad. They go to the observatory. They share a kiss. It's like pretty racy. I mean, he's 10 and she's eight. They kiss for like a really long time uh, on the blanket. And then the party is disrupted by the other bullies who entice Nelson into throwing rancid coleslaw at Principal Skinner's house. Uh, and that is very funny, too, what they do. It's sort of like you can't blame Nelson for being dragged away so easily. Because look at all the fun that they get up to. Seymour, what's all that noise? What's that odor? <laughs> And then Nelson's a fugitive and Lisa hides him in the house and they spend like all night together talking and they go back to the observatory and um, that's where Lisa catches him in a lie. So they have to break up and, um, you know, it's kind of fine. I mean, at eight, this is a pretty good learning experience for her as far as her dating life is concerned. And she has actually formed a pretty good friendship with Nelson. And I think it's really telling that he still wants to be together, even though she says, not so fast, you lied to me. So that's a deal breaker. She's being very strong and, and behaving very properly, I think. And how could she know how to behave in the dating world at only eight. She couldn't. She just has her integrity. And then, I don't know, perhaps most of all, I love the very last scene where it's Dawn and she's walking home in her little red coat, which I think is a cute little wardrobe touch. And she meets Millhouse walking his Yorkie on the lawn. He's like in a robe and slippers walking his Yorkie. His family's Yorkie, we can presume. And uh, 
I don't know. There's something about that, like the way that's staged and everything that has this sort of peanuts feel to me. Where she, she tells Milhouse, oh, you know, didn't work out with us. And he's like, so excited. Do you have anyone in mind for your next crush? He says. I, I suppose it could be almost anyone, says Lisa. And the result is that amazing freeze frame ending the show with uh, Milhouse jumping in the air and choking the little dog. <laughs> I mean, not choking it to death, but making it uncomfortable because it's airborne with the leash on. And that is how that wonderful episode ended. I have gone on and on and on about this without saying word one about the subplot here, which is sufficiently wacky to balance out the seriousness of the A story. And it is uh, the story of Homer being happy dude and uh, having a telemarketing scheme that he gets arrested for. Or not, it, he gets uh, disciplined for it. That's the thing. He, he, they cannot book him on any charges, but he has to then, once found out, auto-dial everyone again and ask for their money again. Only this time, instead of happy dude, he's sorry dude. It is, it is a very simple little subplot but it is impeccably done, I think. And the way uh, the police raid goes when you think that they're in the Simpsons' house for Nelson, you know, that they've found him out, and it turns out that they're actually shooting, and, you know, you think for one second, like, oh, no, they're going to shoot Nelson. That's terrible. But they actually are just shooting the auto-dialer, and it was the auto-dialer they were chasing in the first place. And that'll about do it. Um, but you know, let's hear it for Nelson Muntz. This has been Simpsons Time. Denise Williams, let's hear it for the boy, brings me right back to the roller rink. And I hope it does you too. Thanks for tuning in, or downloading, or in some other way, obtaining Simpsons Time through the Debigulator for this week. My name's Amanda Nazario, and I'm grateful for you. Yeah, you know, Lisa's date with density, it's... uh. It has spawned so much. And I would uh, just clarify, I didn't quite say it. 
a year and a half ago when I recorded this. Um, but the relationship that has been more enduring here is the one of Lisa and Milhouse. The one between her and Nelson has been fainter. Uh, a little bit of a sort of fan shipper favorite. Um, but the relationship that's been more canonized is her with Milhouse. Says this fan. Anyway, yeah, debug you later. Yay! <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Cause what he does, he does so well. Makes me want yeah.